I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fang's True Blood podcast. This week we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 8 of True Blood, Spellbound. Yes. We're working our way through them. We're getting there. With four getting episodes there. to go. Only four left. <gasps> First up we have a listener's comment. Uh, April says, Men in the South sometimes call each other Bubba. Uh, I don't think that Jason calling Hoyt Bubba is a nod to the books at all. It's just a term of familiarity. Anyway, thanks for the podcasting. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, April. Thank you. Thank you. We didn't know that. So, obviously, Elvis is called Bubba in the books because that's a term of endearment. So, so if I Bubba, suppose. if Bubba was in the series, yeah, would you think, hey, I'm not, I'm not hanging around with <laughs> with Suki and Bill and Eric. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out with Elvis. Yeah. That's what I think. When I read, read the books, I think, why is, why is Suki bothering with Bill and Eric? Just go with Elvis. Hang <laughs> out with, with slow Elvis. <laughs> slow Elvis is better than no Elvis. That's my motto. Anyway, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, email, or via our website if you have any comments. Okay, let's, let's do the episode recap then. So, Jason bursts out of the sunlight and saves Jessica from a fiery true death. Yay! Woohoo! Uh, we, we expected this. Yeah, yeah, we did expect this. But you suggested that he should turn into a panther. Um, I, I did, but, but that's just, that's just what I want to happen, full see, stop. Yeah. Oh, thanks, to, thanks, by the way, to Marie for, yes. for the picture that she sent us of a panther head, on a picture of a panther's head on Jason's body. Yes, Go and look, I, it, look at it on our Facebook, it's really cool. I'm loving the, I'm loving the panther man. Thank you. Oh, so thankfully, Jessica is not very badly burnt. Uh, if you remember in season two, Godric said that the older a vampire is, the quicker that they burn. So presumably because Jessica's quite young, she doesn't get so affected by the sun. And then the witches finish their spell just in time to stop Jessica. Um, yeah, just in time to stop Jessica killing Jason. Oh, thank God. Because as, as we know, Jason saved her and then she turned a bit fangy on him. Yeah. And was about to what, rip, his, rip his throat out or have a good old Look, feed. Both, and then rape him again. Hmm. <laughs> so, so, so even though she was still under the spell... She wanted the, the feeding or the raping more than the sunlight. Oh, may, or maybe she just saw him as an obstacle to the sunlight. I don't know. That's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, why is she bothering feeding him? She should just be making for the door. Anyway, they snog on the hallway floor. Ooh. Yeah. But um, King Bill, he is pleased that Jessica is safe. And he, and he, and he tells Jason not, not to report Bucky's death. Yeah, otherwise I suppose Jessica would suffer the consequences. Just like your your regular henchmen in your sort of James Bond films, and you know the henchmen, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the families are looked after. <laughs> yeah, the red shirts, the red shirts are compensated. So yeah, uh, it's, so it's now Jason. I suppose he's now owed a, a favour from Bill. He done Bill a favour. Now yeah, Bill's going to do. Yeah, we're forever in, indebted to you. Yeah, that's good. That's I, good. I'd like to have King Bill indebted to you. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good perk. Is that like a vampire thing then? Like a mafia thing? It's like, like a mafia thing, isn't it? <laughs> the vampire mafia. Um, Bill admits that it was um, he, he who was at fault in underestimating Jessica's strength and he wisely suggests they remain chained in case the witches are bluffing and restart their spell. That's very wise, King Bill. I think, I'm surprised the witches didn't try that tactic. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a good one. All the vampires think, oh, it's over. And the witches start up again. That would be a good way to... But then I suppose they just assumed that it worked in the first place. They didn't anticipate that the vampires um, already knew about the attack. Why, why do you think... Building Glamour Jason, is, is, is he considered in the, the circle of trust? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose he knows enough about the supernatural stuff to know how it all works, and he's Suki's brother, so I suppose, I suppose Bill trusts him. Okay, meanwhile, uh, werewolf, 
Werewolf, pack leader, Marcus, demonstrates surprising wisdom when he commands his pack not to take any part in the vampire versus witch war. Very wise, yes. Because otherwise they just get their asses kicked. Um, he's aware of this because he has a source. Yeah, who's his source? That's what I want to know. So, yeah. Is it a witch or is it a vampire? One of them's spilled the beans to him. Hmm. Uh, in the bo- in the books, the the witches are werewolves and shapeshifters. Hmm? Yeah, so... The witches are werewolves and shapeshifters, or... Kind of, I can't remember. <laughs> they're one of them. I think they're werewolves, if I remember rightly. That's greedy. Yeah, but obviously we've had enough werewolves, so we don't need the witches to be werewolves as well in the show. So, in the werewolf, werewolf pack, there's a snot-nosed pup who wants a ruck with the vamps. Um, but Marcus makes a fool of him for thinking he can go up against some hardcore dead fuckers. <laughs> what's this, why, why is this kid the only non-rocker looking werewolf yeah I know he's like the, the straight werewolf <laughs> of the pack <laughs> all the other werewolves are probably saying to him come on man listen to some Led Zeppelin or something yeah, put some Pantera on your iPod come on yeah sort it out so uh, back to the shapeshifters uh, Sam apologises to Luna for his shitty little brother uh, although he does say he was right to kill their lame parents um, and he offers to play Barbies with Emma um, obviously, they are they are shapeshifter dolls yeah. because one is Cat Barbie and one is Pony Barbie. So, so is this little kid is is she a shifter or or wolf? I don't know. Maybe she just knows from her mum and dad being shift, a shifter and a werewolf. But I don't know. Maybe they don't know whether which one she's going to be until she sort of comes of age. Because Sam didn't shift for the first time until he was like fifteen or something, didn't he? Okay. Yeah. So okay, Eric. He's sporting some awesome neck gore makeup. Yeah, nice makeup. And he's cursing in Swedish as Suki removes his chains. Oh, I, 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 I'm not sure. I tried to get a translation. Someone said it just sort of. It, it just means ah, fucking hell. Ow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, that hurts. Um, he confirms that True Blood doesn't heal vampires, only nourishes them. So Suki offers him her neck. <gasps> but significantly, Eric does not lose control as. Uh, um, it was speculated he would um, and he doesn't drain her so that's good <laughs> does this mean that he, he, he truly loves her yeah because they're sort of <coughs> saying like the fairy blood the vampires won't be able to hold back and they'll just tear her to pieces but he doesn't so obviously he cares for her and uh, he also he promises never to betray her which um, I think is possibly some foreshadowing <laughs> I'm never going to betray you I think that means you will <laughs> um, then he suggests that they, they get high um, together through drinking his blood as well. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, let's get high. Why not? Dating a vampire has got to have his benefits. So, um, so this leads us to the scene that book readers have been eagerly anticipating for four seasons: the legendary shower scene. Mm. <laughs> uh, in the uh, yeah, fans are really, really attached to this book, um, to this scene <coughs> in the books. Um, uh, as it happens in the books, Suki and Eric kind of soap each other down and uh, he washes her hair. Oh. Uh, and then they suck each other's nipples a bit. Ooh. And then he fingers her. Ooh. And they kind of get... They dry each other off and, and then they hump in the bed. And uh, But I can't I can't actually take this scene seriously because she re- <coughs> she refers to his cock as Mr. Happy. Oh, oh. Which is just a complete oh. passion killer for me personally. <laughs> so, really, True Blood likes to screw around with things. Um, so instead... Eric and Suki have a sexy acid trip um, in a Sweden that looks suspiciously like Narnia. Yeah, I think the Narnia comparison is, is lazy, but we're going to go with it anyway because it just totally looks like Narnia. 
I bought the Narnia books today. I, I, I saw the I truth and I thought, wow, I really want to read the Narnia books again. <laughs> so I went out and bought the box set. Narnia rules. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, what, why is there a bed? Who cares? Who cares? There's a bed. Just get, just get on with it. <laughs> that, that was some major boobage. Major boobage, yeah. I must yeah. say, Suki. <laughs> major boobage yeah and uh, Eric's arse as well so everyone's happy yeah happy all well, round really actually, actually people are not so happy huh people are not happy that Ellen Ball has messed with their beloved shower scene mm, that, that's that's strange. you haven't was... read the book so uh, okay. you don't care so much I didn't like the fact that she called it her, his cock Mr Happy so I don't care um, you know I liked it I like the fact that um, well, people didn't understand the, the concept of the tripping on the V or yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised when I read kind of fan reactions to this, and they were, there was quite a few people that were like, "Oh, so what is this? A dream? Have they gone into a different world? What's happening here? They're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> They're tripping out of their heads. They're off their faces. Come on, They're, people. They're zonked. Come on. <laughs> and I think also it's about time that Suki tried hallucinogenic drugs. And you know, I think what would have made this scene truly super awesome yeah. would be to have some Grateful Dead. Or some Pink Floyd playing in there somewhere. That's it. They're tripping. They should be listening to some hardcore prog or something. Did, did you like the way the the animal hide strategically covered certain certain regions of people's bodies? I did. I didn't. I thought they should just have let it all hang out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let it hang out. Yeah. So they um uh, they just spout some stoner hippie talk about love and possibility. Yes. And I think it's kind of cheesy, but because they're. Because we know they're stoned off of their faces, you think, well, we'll we'll permit you some cheesiness because you're, you're off your faces, so it's cool. Uh, Alan Ball wrote this episode, and it, and it seems that he has a liking for surreal weirdness and dream sequences. Yeah, I think yeah, any episodes that Alan Ball will have tend to have the really fucked up stuff. I, I think he wrote the one where Mary Ann pulled out like a big egg, and they all had to kiss the egg. Do you remember that? That's an Alan <laughs> yeah. Ball episode. Kudos to Alan Ball. <laughs> Obviously, there's the big famous dream sequence in American Beauty, which he wrote. With rose petals and everything, remember? I like, I like, I like the trippy. Yeah, I do remember. I like the trippy. I like the trippy <laughs> dream sequences. Yeah, there's vampire blood. Let's let's get high. The, the tripping last season with um, Jesus and Lafayette. Yeah, that was that was awesome. We need some more of that. That gave us a taster for this season, really, didn't it? <laughs> okay, so meanwhile we see Hoyt watching a, a fucking cool documentary about Viking skulls. Yeah, Where's, why does everyone in Bontomp, they they seem to only ever watch nature or history documentaries. No one's got HBO. <coughs> <coughs> okay, we see Jessica, she comes home and she breaks up with him. <gasps> He's devastated and says he can't live without her. So basically she breaks his face on the counter. Oof. Oof. It's okay because outside Jason is waiting in his truck. And he starts ripping off his shirt and saying she wants her, he wants her to fuck him and eat him. Yeah. Basically, yeah, happy days. Or not. Or not. Jessica wakes to find that Bill has purchased her a blood hooker. How much How much do these blood hookers get paid? I don't know. I'd, I'd do that. Is that. That sounds like a good line of work. Do you think there's a little bit of risk involved? Do you think that the, some vampires might be a bit greedy? Yeah, or? health insurance premiums are probably really high. Is it danger money? <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. Anyway, uh, Beulah Carter is a, a bloody mess in her backyard, and most of Bon Tom's meagre police force are on hand to investigate, all five of them. <laughs> well, Kenya's not there, so it's not all of them. It, it was nice to see Kevin the Cop back in action after Panther Felton tore his throat out last season. Yeah, that was good, because he was like on death's doorstep at the end of last season. Now he's just talking like um, like, <laughs> like the Vietnam veteran in... Like Stephen in... Hawking. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but the Vietnam veteran in South Park, um, I can't remember his oh. name. Ned? Mm, you know the guy. Yeah, of course. You know the yeah. guy. He talks weird. Okay, Jason keeps his mouth shut about the real reason for Beulah's death. And he tells Andy to get a grip and stop thinking about licking Beulah's remains up off the floor. <laughs> that, would be, that would have been great if he'd actually done that. Yeah, that looked <laughs> disgusting, but I know where he's coming. Yeah. Uh, so Bill pulls up in a chauffeur-driven SUV that he must have borrowed off of Jack Bauer. Obviously. Yep, I'm surprised he didn't have a hybrid. I thought that Bill would be driving a Prius or something, because uh, he's quite in touch with the environment. <laughs> Maxine flirts with Bill. Um, ironic, considering how much she hates Jessica. Yeah, she's looking for a bit of King Bill action, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, Bill didn't know that Beulah was a vampire, which confirms what we were talking about in our last podcast, um, yep. that not all vampires are in the loop. So she was living a sort of closeted life. Bill glamours the newcaster, uh, sorry, newscaster <laughs> into allowing him to make a statement on vampire suicides. Um, Bill uses the, the death as an opportunity to push the American Vampire League agenda and covers up the vampire's weakness when it comes to necromancy. Yeah, so it's kind of a win-win situation for Bill. He's only got one casualty, but he can use that to his advantage. And also, he doesn't notice that he didn't reveal... On the news station that he's the Vampire King. It just said yeah. Bill Compton Vampire. Yeah. It didn't say Bill Compton Vampire King, King of Louisiana. King of Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame because you'd want to... Maybe that'd be a bit of a security um, downfall if he did. Yeah, be a bit of a risk to... Yeah, yeah I'm the king of all these <laughs> vampires. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I can understand where he's coming from there. So Bill is about to quote Jesus Christ um, because it suits the vampire agenda to come across as Christians. Yes. Then we see that Antonia and Tara are watching the broadcast... As Bill obviously intended. And what was quite funny is we see Antonia is kind of struggling to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to figure out the remote control and switch off the TV. Obviously, she's from 400 years ago. She doesn't know about all this shit. And also, she's majorly pissed off hmm. uh, because only one vampire has died. It's, it's interesting to see her frustration um, as she discovers she's not totally infallible. Yeah, because before this, we've been used to seeing her as this sort of calm, collected, possessed ghost woman. <laughs> but now she's... she's uh, Tearing apart at the seams. Uh, and Tara looks initially shocked that Antonia is attacking vampires in this way instead of just uh, just defending them. Yeah, did you think, oh, Tara, you, you look yeah. like you're, you're chickening out. <laughs> yeah. You, come on, you, you knew the agenda. Yeah, but no, she warms to the plan. Uh, She's into it. She wants to kill the vampires. Uh, Bill calls and he is surprised when Tara answers the phone. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he apologises to Antonia on behalf of of the vampires of Louisiana and utilises the weapons of charm and flattery to try and convince her to give peace a chance. She thinks vampire, vampires are an affront to God, uh, but she agrees to parlay with him in a cemetery at midnight. Ooh, Ooh. gothic. Yes. <laughs> cemetery at midnight. Uh, and back at the Fortenbury backyard, uh, Maxine is taking photos of Beulah's remains. Which is kind of funny because she's, she's using a disposable camera, whereas obviously most people have digital cameras so, nowadays. So she's going so to send the film off, and someone's going to develop them. And go, that. what the fuck is what this? What the fuck is this? Oh, it's a pile of remains. Oh, it's a dead vampire. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy is uh, using the opportunity to steal her knickers, clothes, makeup, and handbag. Knickers? Yeah, why is he knickers? <laughs> obviously, he's really into this. Yeah, obviously, he's got a cunning plan in mind. Um, predictably to pretend to be Maxine and claim the money for the natural gas from her land yeah um, he's made a, a total hash of her hair and makeup. yeah <laughs> uh, but, but, but it does look like his hair which is it's, it's weird isn't it it's, yeah. yeah he styled her he styled 
He's, her on himself. He's given her a quiff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to Sam Tramiel's performance in the last episode where she's acting as Tommy would behave. But although he's making a use of the opportunity to be a total asshole, uh, his impersonation is actually not that far off the real Maxine because you can imagine her kind of bit kind of getting in there and swearing and shouting and just being obnoxious. So it's not it's not that far removed. No one's going to kind of think, oh, why is Maxine acting weird? Because yeah. it's not that out of character for her to act like that. I like the way that he he, he ordered some of Sam's private stash of succotash. Succotash. Um, Suffering succotash. Now, we, we researched succotash because we both had different opinions of what it could be. My prediction was that it was going to be some sort of dried meat and I was wrong. And my prediction that it was going to be some sort of bourbon, some sort of whiskey of, you know, just some, some sort something of nice. Some moonshine. Um, but it is, in fact, a mix of beans and tomatoes. It we, does, we're just devastated. We're disappointed. It does not look appealing at all. So we see that Tommy's ruse works. Um, although his, his offer to sweeten the deal is rejected. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> he does manage to wrangle a cheque from the guy. So uh, that's five grand to Tommy. So is, would, would Tommy have basically let the guy arse fuck him as Maxine? Or something, <laughs> or something to <laughs> that? that. Well, yeah, you say sweeten the deal. You think, what, you're going to suck the guy's cock? <laughs> that's taking a bit of far, um, Tommy. That's, yeah, that's too much. Um, so later on, we see Tommy still dressed in Maxine's clothes. And uh, collapsing in, in the forest in a pool of his own vomit. <laughs> so who's going to find him in this state? I don't know. Is Sam going to go for like a midnight run with Luna? And they're about to get frisky and then they find his brother dressed in, up. in drag <laughs> and covered in vomit. Nice. So, yeah, meanwhile, at Malotte's, uh, Terry is multitasking by frying food and looking after baby Mikey at the same time. Uh, but Arlene is not happy about this since evil Renee's ghost could be lurking anywhere. And as the pair of them argue, ghost Mavis turns up to distract the baby. It's cool, it's cool. I thought how the, the baby is kind of hearing abstract sounds instead of actual words. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine that's how a baby does hear things. Um, I liked it when Lafayette enters and he sees Mavis and he says, Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. And he quickly <laughs> departs. Um... So, does this are all babies able to see ghosts, or is I, I, I believe that you believe I, that all babies are uh, yeah I able to see ghosts you, now, when you, you when you, you you're fresh of mind and yeah when you're a new spirit yeah, yeah I believe that okay that makes sense okay this time we see Hoyt for real and he's watching a show about mummified reptiles wow great viewing in Bon Um when Jessica comes in to break up with him for real this time for real and unlike her pussified dream version of Hoyt. Uh, the, the real version of Hoyt freaks out and hurls insults at her uh, that she's an eternal version uh, she can't have kids she can't go out in the sun she's dead yeah go on Hoyt get in there <gasps> I think he's unfair she's only she's like 17 it, um, you can't expect her to even if she wasn't a vampire I think he's been unfair I, I think he's been unfair but I think he feels quite hurt so I can I you lasted where... a year if you moved in with someone when you were 17 you lasted a year I, I'd say good going to you He's he's hurt. He loves her. He's, he's entitled to throw you know throw these things at her. Yeah, but but then as a final blow, uh, he rescinds her invitation and tells her maybe God really does hate fangs. Yeah. So is this it for Jessica and Hoyt? Oh. Does this mean that? Does this mean that his character is redundant and he might be killed off? I'd say if Hoyt is no longer linked with Jessica, then that maybe marks him as a red shirt, unless they can think of some other way to involve oh. him in the storylines. Unfortunately. Okay, so Jessica is probably gagging for a shack and some blood by now. And she goes straight to Jason. 
However, it is bros before hoes, yes. and he too rejects her and takes away her invitation. Bros before hoes. Bros before hoes. Uh, he then does push-ups to deal with his raging hard-on uh, for Jessica. Is, is he going to resist for long? She said that she could sense from his blood that he does have feelings for her, so will he? It's Jason, isn't it? He can't keep his cock tied up for that long. Oh, he, he, he'd feel bad, wouldn't he, for Hoyt? Maybe Hoyt will die and then he will show oh, Jessica. Oh, I see. Because he'll think, well, Hoyt's dead, I might as well give it a go. So are we assuming that Jessica's going to go back to King Bill's mansion? I reckon so, yeah. yeah. She should get involved. In might all as the, well. <laughs> in all the crazy shit that's going on down there. Okay. So Suki and Eric have come down from their V-Fairy blood trip. <laughs> yeah. And oh, fans have complained about this because Eric got high from Suki's blood um, this time. And he didn't drink a great deal. But Bill, in all the times he drank from Suki, never did get high. Oh. So the speculation is that this is because Eric recently drank a whole fairy. Obviously he drank the whole of Claudine. And he's had a little top-up. And he's had a top-up, so there's some residual fairy blood in there, so he's tripping. So do you think V, do you think v does have a different come-down than other drugs? It kind of looks... You know, they're not, yeah. they're not playing... They're not, they're not getting on the PlayStation... Yeah. <laughs> They're not eating fish finger sandwiches. Yeah, they're not. They're not rolling up a big doobie, and they're not raiding the, f- the fridge. For they're not chocolate. saying, "Let's go for a walk." Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go for a walk over the forest. Let's then. go and look at the ducks. <laughs> let's go and record bird sounds with our phones. Let's, <laughs> let's point at dead hedgehogs. Okay, enough of this madness. Yeah. So Eric, um, yeah, Eric suggests that they run away and be together forever. But um, Suki's clearly still buzzing. And uh, she's getting her second high, and she wants to go and kick some ass with King Bill. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, at the at the werewolf garden party, Marcus is impressed by Alcide's muscly pecs. Yep. And suggests he could be up for a promotion. So is all this socialising really a front for some kind of darker werewolf pack action? I hope so. I, I hope so. Otherwise, you think? <laughs> What's this? Well, you just have parties together and drink some beers and have otherwise, a barbecue. You just think filler. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to go. Yeah, because I mean, the, the the witch vampire getting it on having a war. If he's, yeah. if he's getting told about that, then he's got to have some involvement. Why else would you, he know about that? There's, yeah, there's got to be some way that. Obviously, I mean, obviously, Elsie's got ties to Suki, so maybe that's how it's going to play out. The werewolf's going to get involved that way. Um, so, yeah, so as we said, Marcus, he tells the couple that there's bad shit going on between the witches and the vampires at night. And Debbie, Debbie makes Elsie promise not to go near vampire magnet Suki. <gasps> How long is that going to last? Not long. Not long, as we find out soon. Um, after Debbie and Elsie's departure, Marcus calls Luna and leaves her an answer phone message to let her know he'll be around to tuck Emma in. When he gets there, however... Uh, he finds good old Sam having <laughs> dinner with them, shameless. <laughs> and he starts getting all territorial and antagonistic. And um, But but Sam plays it cool, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he tries to defuse the situation and seems totally unbothered by the werewolf's threat. He's like, yeah, I can give a fuck about yeah, you. I killed a fucking maynard. <laughs> <laughs> I shoved my horn through her chest. I ripped her heart out with my horn. Yeah, so... Yeah. Obviously, Sam has the advantage here, being a shapeshifter. And in the books, the the werewolves kind of frown down on the shapeshifters, but I think they're secretly jealous. Look, Sam, he could could just turn into a fucking lion or a bear, and he could rip Marcus's head off. Yeah, Sam clearly has the advantage here. Come on, come on. It was interesting here as well that um, the 
the werewolves can tell straight away that Sam's a, a shapeshifter. Yeah. It's an instantaneous thing. Is that is that a smelly thing, do you think? Is it it sm- smells like a wet dog. It smells like a wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> he smells like he's done an arse drag. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, as Lafayette sleeps, he has a dream about Mavis. Uh, it's the 1930s, and Mavis returns home to the house, uh, which is now Hoyt's, uh, with with the creepy doll, which is which is brand new but still looks creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, she's confronted by what looks like a Ford Model A. I researched this. I believe it is a Ford Model A. Car enthusiasts. And also her white married lover, Virgil. Uh, it turns out he's a sick fucker and he's murdered their baby rather mm. than face the shame of um, being a married man having a baby with a, a black woman. So are we, are we thinking that Mavis died that night um, as she's wearing the same clothes now as she had on as a ghost? I reckon so, unless the ghosts couldn't kind of choose how they appear, or do they just, uh, this, I don't know about ghosts, uh, do they appear in the clothes that they were wearing when they died? In the True Blood universe? What do we think? I think Patrick Swayze did in the film. Patrick Swayze did, yeah, so we're going to so, go with... So if Patrick did, <laughs> then that's how it works, We're going to go with ghost rules. Ghost rules. Um, so um, fans have speculated that Virgil could be another of Bill's relatives, or maybe the Belfleur's relatives. Really? Yeah, he could be one another one of Bill's ancestors, so he could be some Belfleur great 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 uncle or something. Oh. Bill, um, obviously, Bontop was a small place back then, so they could all be related. Um, fans have also been suggesting that this is inspired by the Mexican folk le- legend of La Llorona. Is that it? La Llorona. La Llorona, um, the ghost of a woman doomed to eternally search for her dead children. I'll put a link to the Wikipedia. It's interesting stuff. Mm. Uh, so Mavis's ghost appears to Lafayette and he shouts out, Fuck no! But she possesses him and his body language immediately becomes even more feminine. Um, which, really, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't think possible. Yeah, great performance from Nelson Ellis as a, as a lady. So, so normally, he plays a, uh, he's, normally he plays a gay man. Um, who's quite effeminate. Who's quite effeminate. But now he's playing a... Now he's playing a woman in the... In a womanly way. Yeah, as opposed to feminine. Uh, yeah, as opposed to being camp, he's now actually feminine, which is quite an interesting performance distinction. So anyway, in possession of Lafayette's body, uh, Mavis makes her way to the Belfleur Mansion, uh, where she steals Andy's gun and kidnaps baby Mikey. Ooh. So how long is this going to last? How, how will Lafayette get out of this one? I don't know. Is he going to kind of walk away and then suddenly come back to and think, what the fuck? Yeah. <clears throat> is he going to know? Is he going to... Maybe he'll realise, because when he was possessed before, he knew what had happened. So maybe he'll kind of think, oh, right, so she took the baby, so I should just go and put the baby back. Yes. Or is he, will he not remember but, just think, why have I got this baby? It's bon so nothing is that simple. No, obviously he's going to be in some bad shit next episode. OK, meanwhile, at the Compton Fortress, uh, Bill seems less than happy to have to speak with Eric and Suki. I like the way he went up to the door and he kind of went... Uh, <laughs> they pledge their allegiance to him, but he's reluctant to agree to let Suki fight the witches. Uh, but Eric tells him that she's a warrior, and uh, Suki points out that she has a flaming fist of fury to kick some witch ass with. So Bill relents and says, "Okay, you can join in." Eric says, "My liege," and Suki says, "My Bill." <laughs> So the, vampires, so the vampires are now like a group of freedom fighters. Yeah, they're like a, I don't know. Kind of like counter-terrorists <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so Bill and Antonio, they confront each other in the cemetery and each admits to having brought back up with them. Uh, the witches are armed with silver trays and ornaments. Good luck with that, witches. Uh, Suki seemed quite annoyed to see that Tara has joined the dark side. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, Tom. What are you doing there? <laughs> on the wrong side. Come over here. Um, it's, it's good to see that Pam is back to normal as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so obviously Dr. Ludwig's cure worked. Them, Pam them, looks okay. Them six injections a day seem to be... Uh, six a day or six every couple of hours? So every six injections four times a day. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Bill, Bill swears that there will be no repercussions if the witches release Eric and Pam from their curses. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a bad deal, isn't it? So uh, Antonia's having none of it. And Suku realises that she's casting a spell in her head. Yes. So, so Antonia doesn't need to speak the words. Yep, she's so powerful she can just think a spell and it happens. But then Bill reveals that he brought his SWAT team with him. Um, but Eric attacks a witch and rips his heart out. Um... And Antonia causes a thick fog and then all hell breaks loose. So was Eric under Antonia's control? Or does it just show that even with amnesia he's dangerous? I, 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 hope, that, I hope the writers clarify this because it, it was kind of ambiguous, wasn't it? I don't yeah. know if he was under her control at that point or or if he just reacted without without being ordered to. I, 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 personally, I think that he's under a spell. He, he I shoot. don't know. I, see, I... I disagree. I think the spell that she was calling was the spell for the fog, and that the control over Eric comes later. I think he was just being—I don't know. So I thought the spell that she was casting was something to to harm Bill, and then because Suki realised what the, she was casting the spell, that's when she just let loose and then cast the fog, and it all went mm, all kicked off. Maybe, maybe. Hopefully, we'll we'll learn the truth of that. Okay, so Tara shoots one vampire with a wooden bullet. But he's attacked by Pam. Uh, Bill commands Pam not to harm Tara ever or else he will kill her, which Pam thinks is fucking lame. Um, when Tara asks why Bill saved her, he replies, you know why. You know why. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming it's because he wouldn't save her from Franklin, and yet she still saved him and Suki from Russell last season. But also maybe because she's Suki's best friend and because it's it's important that she now realises that vampires can be merciful. So maybe she'll, he's hoping that she'll change sides. Hmm. as well maybe that's another ulterior motive okay so while this is going on uh, it turns out that the first thing Elsie does after Debbie tells him to stay away from Suki is to show up at her house to make sure that she's safe well that didn't last long <laughs> did it I think we, I think everyone anticipated that uh, he hears a commotion in the cemetery and runs to save her unaware that Wolf Debbie is following him hey shouldn't he shouldn't he be able to smell Wolf Debbie you'd think so but I suppose maybe he's distracted by the Endangered Sookie. Okay, meanwhile, um, Eric kills another witch, but Bill is not harming any of them. Uh, Sookie's magical lightning hand proves useful, uh, but then she's shot by an unseen assailant. Or was it a stray bullet? Or... Or By Debbie. Yep, some fans have been speculating that Debbie, Wolf Debbie, turned back into a human, grabbed a random gun and shot Sookie and then turned back into a wolf. Um, um, Yeah, I'm liking that. That's an interesting theory, yeah, I can go along with that. Uh, Bill and Eric both feel Sookie's pain and as Bill is distracted he is silvered by the beardy witch with no friends the beardy witch with no friends is no friend of ours he takes down Bill Um, Elseed finds Sookie and carries her to safety but Debbie sees this and she looks mad so let's have a little guess who do we think whose blood will Sookie drink in the next episode in order to heal because obviously she can't take human blood because we learned that in last season can she drink her own blood to heal (laughs) <laughs> where would you get that what from her own wrist yes <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, 
So obviously Eric's under control of, of Antonia and Bill is, has been silvered. So I think she should drink Pam's blood and have lesbian dreams about Pam. Yeah. You liking that? So, yeah, I'm liking that. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, Antonia. Um, no, I'm liking that. Anyway, Antonia um, uses a heavy metal hand gesture to bring Eric under her control. <clears throat> that one, yes. So does this spell the end for the Suki eric romance? If Eric is now under her control, I'm assuming he will be under her control until the point in the series when he is turned back and, re- and like re- has, gets his memories back. Will we never see Eric and Suki watching Buffy videos together? Oh, as they do in the books. A oh. favourite part of the books for me. <laughs> Does she like Angel too? Buff- uh, Suki has the Buffy box sets, but not the Angel box sets. Oh. I think she's getting it wrong there, because the Angel's fucking good as well. So, <laughs> how will Antonia use Eric? I think she will use Eric to try and kill Bill. That is my theory. I'm going to run with Bill. it. Will, yep. she, will she rape Eric first? Uh, <laughs> as revenge, yes. In, in an Alan Ball-directed episode when they're tripping. Yeah, maybe. Yes. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Okay. So, um, yeah. on to some general yeah, so thoughts on the episodes. Um, episode 8 always tends to be a good episode in a True Blood season. Was, was episode 8 better than episode 7? Are they still getting better? Um, yeah, there's a bit more action in this episode, I think, wasn't there? Was I think I liked episode seven better though, but but anyway, this is it always seems like the season climaxes climaxes season eight and then kind of the last few episodes it seems like they don't really know where they're going with it so much. Episode eight, episode eight of season not, one, not season eight. Sorry, yeah, episode <laughs> episode eight is kind of always a good one because hey, yeah. in, graveyard sex. Yep, in season one, and Jason uh, kidnapping Eddie and Long, yep. Long Shadow attacking Suki. That was in season eight of episode one. Uh, we had Steve Newlin in, in the church standoff. Um, in episode two. Season two. And then, uh, season two, and then in season th- <laughs> and then in season three, it was the Debbie versus... Versus Suki girl fight. And then Suki and Bill were having kind of sex amidst a ruined doll's house. Yes. Yes, so season eight, uh, episode eight is always a good climax to the season. So, But hopefully, hopefully in season four, we will not see it deteriorating from that point onwards. So, the, the, well, the next few episodes going to be awesome still, aren't they? Oh, God, they yeah, there was still so many... But then we, we could have said that with season three and then it kind of petered out with Russell when they decided not to kill him and stuff. And I suppose that's good in retrospect because then he's always there as a sort of ominous threat. So we're, we're, we're giving a thumbs up to improve instead of deteriorate. Yes. yes. I hope that's what happens. I, I, I hope it does. Okay, it's on to music. Do you have your jingle ready? I thought you were going to do a... A oh, jingle, a bass, bass solo. I keep forgetting or... about the keyboard solo. Remind me <laughs> oh, in the I, next week. I'm not prepared for this. Remind me in the next week that I need to learn to play the keyboard really quickly. Okay. Um. Okay, first up we have the Hollow Trees, who are a high-energy acoustic folk band, and their song Wacky's Tackle, uh, nice. which is when Sam apologises to Luna. Uh, next up, Camp Burnett, a rockabilly duo. Uh, the song Crazy Like Me is when Jason strips off in Jessica's Dream. And then we have a uh, kind of modern garage rock revival band called Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and their song Shuffle Your Feet. Uh, which is played during the Werewolf Garden Party. We don't like them because they ripped off Iggy Pop. Yeah, so... Fuck the Black Rebel Motorcycle yeah, Club. Lame rip-off <laughs> merchants. 
Um, yeah, next, uh, Slim Harpo, who's an old school blues legend with Teeny Nee Ninu. <laughs> I think I said that right. Uh, Terry and Arlene arguing in the kitchen. And then we have Jace Everett, who we all know and love as the country singer who performs uh, the True Blood theme tune, Bad Things, and his song No Place to Hide when Marcus talks to Alcide and Debbie about the vampire shit that's going down. And next up, the Boswell sisters, who were a 1930s vocal harmony trio, and their song Heebie Jeebies, uh, which is whilst Lafayette is sleeping. And last up, we have uh, an awesome goth punk band, their their legendary band, Susie and the Banshees. And this song Spellbound, which is played over the end credits. Yes, that was the music. Next up is our What the Fuck of the Week. And our what the fuck of the week is Jessica bashing Hoyt's head in. Ooh. So, at what point did we realise that this was a dream sequence? I think in, I think when she opened Jason's door and Jason ripped his shirt off. No, I think in as soon as he said, "Wow," you, he said something like, "You look hot." Covered in blood, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was it, yeah. Because before that, I was kind of thinking, what? actually, Jessica probably would do this. What about, oh, is, that, is, that, is that bad for Hoyt that we didn't start thinking it was a dream? Uh, he was yeah, we just assumed and... that he was dead. No, even before that, when he, yeah, when he was crying and... Oh, yeah, no, I didn't think... No, I thought that was real. I can't, yeah. But then, in retrospect, the real reaction was more genuine. Yeah, that was more believable. And next up, we have our line of the week. And our line of the week is... Jesus tits and God America. Jason, what the fuck is happening to me? <laughs> what is happening to you, Andy? You were an awesome character before, and now that you're just wasting on a V-addiction storyline that they've done before with Jason and with... With um, with Debbie and with Jason's girlfriend Amy and God knows who else. To see, to see Andy down on his hands and knees considering slurping up a dead vampire due to Carter's remains. That's that's wrong. That's Andy shouldn't be doing like shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Desperate times for Andy. I'm I'm hoping that Jason's gonna get him clean. Maybe Andy will attack Jessica and try to steal her blood, and that will anger Jason and force him to take action. Yes. There'll be an intervention. Intervention. Okay, now it's time for some news. Okay, so Evan Rachel Wood has said that Sophie Ann could return to True Blood. Oh, that's interesting. Obviously, that would be in a flashback. Would that be a flashback, or would that possibly be in a, in a ghostly... Uh, ben Kenobi style ghost ever <laughs> ghost Sophie Ann that would be awesome or um, or sexy dream Sophie Ann maybe hmm but um, yeah no I'm thinking it's going to be flashback Sophie Ann me too uh, Kristen Bauer Van Stratton is uh, filming a new movie called The Story of Luke which is a light hearted story of a, a sheltered autistic boy's quest oh. for a job and a girlfriend not a, not a George Lucas connection then no, not the story of Luke Skywalker. Oh, the story of Luke. Uh, but the cool thing is that it also stars Seth Green, who played Oz in Buffy. Yes, and and does the robot chicken Star Wars 
connection stuff. Oh yeah, so there is a Star Wars connection. Okay, so <laughs> Anna Paquin is set to star with uh, Ryan Felipe in a new movie called Straight A's. It's a supernatural indie comedy about a drug addict who is haunted by the ghost of his dead mother. Oh, I think it's also set in the, the Deep South as well. I think it's set in Louisiana. Yeah, that sounds, so sounds promising. Go with the Deep South and the supernatural stuff again, Anna Paquin. Hmm. Um, oh, also, yeah, we've got some excellent um, scans for you, which uh, I'll put a link to on the website, um, from sci-fi magazine SFX. Uh, they've done a reader's poll of the top 100 most iconic sci-fi characters of the 21st century. And you will be pleased to hear that Lafayette, Suki, Bill and Eric are all in there. Yes. So they are among uh, the world's favourite sci-fi characters. To, to be honest, I was disappointed with number one, but, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah, we'll let you find out what number one is, but yes. we, we were disappointed. Yes. Okay, that's... Um, that's it for news. That's it for news. Now, if you, if you want to stick around, listen to some spoilers. If not, then thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Time for Spoilers. <laughs> Episode 9 is called Let's Get Out of Here, which is a title change because originally this episode was going to be called Run, for some reason. Okay, synopsis for next week. Convalescing after her latest near-death trauma, Suki envisions a world where there's room for both Bill and Eric. <gasps> Jesus tries to purge the restless spirit out of Lafayette. Um, Marcus. Marcus enlists Elsie to help him deal with the same situation. Uh, Bill and Nan Flanagan clash over their respective agendas. Hoyt asks Jason to make a delivery to Jessica. Uh, despite Tara and Holly's misgivings, Marnie plots her next move against the vampires during a Festival of Tolerance event at Shreveport. <laughs> yes. Sounds exciting. And we have some general spoilers as well. Um, uh, apparently the, the Jessica-Jason-Hoyt love triangle will be resolved and it will involve a pickup truck. What's that? Jason does Jessica in the back of the pickup truck? truck is that what we're thinking i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking you're right (laughs) or jessica and uh, jason and hoyt fight to the death shirtless in the back of a pickup truck (laughs) for the ladies (laughs) Uh, uh, also because of the mention in the synopsis of suki imagining a world with both bill and eric it has been heavily speculated that there will be a threesome dream sequence Uh. what (laughs) yeah for the the ladies but i'm thinking (laughs) what about tara suki pam Love secret. <laughs> Come on. Okay, and finally, somebody is going uh, to succumb to V next episode. Who's who's the bets? It's who's either going to be well. Jason's been a V addict. Uh, Debbie's been a V addict. My money's on Debbie. I think she'll be so traumatized. That's quite yeah. After shooting Suki. Yeah, maybe <laughs> <laughs> she'll be she she'll want to get back on the V. Interesting. Okay, and I have a link for you on our website to the La Llorona, uh, a Mexican myth, which connects to the storyline, and also a link to the scans from SFX, 100 Greatest Sci-Fi Icons. Of the 21st century century magazine thingy. Thing. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I I believe that is it for this week. That is it. Goodbye for now. Yeah, enjoy the episode and have have a nice week. And yeah, bye for now.